0: I've had to find ways of existing in this hyper-masculine, hyper-capitalistic and sharky sort of sales environment and experience, bring my whole self to the work that I do and find ways of connecting with people and being persuasive that weren't aggressive. Because by being different, by having a different approach and by in in spite of everything I was going through still maintaining the spotlight on the customer, I've been able to have an impact of over half a billion dollars in my career.
1: I'm Johnny Prest and this is the Brand Master Flash Podcast. Your brand is your community. It's their instinctive connectedness with you in their hearts and minds. This podcast explores how to define and deliver a brand strategy that is true to who you really are. It will inspire your team, connect you with your customers and make a positive difference. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone. Johnny here. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know why, but in many businesses and organizations and startups and freelancers and solopreneurs the word sales is negative. It can give people a chill down their spine. And why is that? Why does sales have a negative feeling? It's probably because it's been tarnished with poor sales, poor delivery of sales, sales that are sleazy and squeezy. I got the opportunity to talk to someone who is changing this, and that is Luis Baez. Luis is a sales enablement specialist or strategist and he's worked with Tesla, he's worked with Google, he's worked with LinkedIn, and he works with sales teams to change the way that they operate, change the way that they deliver, and to change the way that they sell. His approach is fun, it's sexy, it's unique, and it comes down to some core principles. The first thing, is that Luis focuses on design. He focuses on the product, right into the core of the product, of what it is, what's its value and the solution that it offers. That's his starting point. And then he builds up a relationship. He teaches his teams to understand relationship building and how to create rapport how to have some fun, how to break down boundaries and resistance. And he does this in his total, unique, Puerto Rican, flamboyant, but beautiful, chilled style. It was such an honor to talk to Louise. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We spoke about lots of different things. We obviously talked about purpose. We talked about brand strategy and branding and all things that are sales. So this is the conversation with Luis Baez. Enjoy. Luis, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, Donnie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to connect with you and, and to share my story with your audience.
1: Yeah, cool. So I have to do this question because anyone that's in a, in a different country from me, you're based in San Francisco. <laughs> what is the weather like?
0: Right now, it is um, cool by day and cooler in the evenings. Uh, And so we've got, um, gosh, I want to translate this to Celsius, but I'll say Fahrenheit. It's about 65 degrees Fahrenheit
1: here in San Francisco. That's good. That's beautiful. Like, I, I think I was born to live in a warmer country, like in the UK. Like, summers, they're okay. They're all right. But the winters, they get cold. They get really cold. And it just, everyone's miserable for half the year and uh and then for like we get the summers and everyone's happy for a bit and everyone takes their clothes off and it's cool but the rest of the year everyone, everyone's miserable so it's like it's really hard <laughs> cool well I'll have to I'd love to come out to San Fran one day um, I'm gonna visit anytime yeah wicked Lewis I'm a I'm a bit nosy talk me through your, <laughs> t- talk me through a day in the life of Lewis what what what's it like Gosh, Wow.
0: Okay, so I'm wearing a few hats at the present moment. Um, I just joined a an Australian based company named Deputy as the uh, global head of sales enablement, and that is a task of accelerating the velocity of sales through trainings and coaching and uh, implementing different processes. And that is work that I love, love, love doing. Um, and I love my team. I just I just cannot rave about them enough. The other hat that I wear in tandem is that I'm also running my own business on the side, and that is a business that is dedicated to serving underrepresented minority business leaders in the online business space, uh, people who are female-identified, BIPOC, LGBTQIA, um, and taking everything that I've learned in my 15-plus years of working in tech in Silicon Valley and doing enterprise sales and bringing some of that big thinking to smaller businesses um, to help them sort of have a leg up where they otherwise were, were underserved or overlooked. Yeah,
1: wicked. Louis, I, I love your approach to sales. It's it's so much fun, and you look at things in a new way, and it's dynamic and it's engaging, and it's it's kind of like almost lighthearted as well. You you don't take it, it's almost you take it seriously, but you don't take yourself too seriously, and your approach mm. is so unique. How does your how does your approach differ from other sales leaders? How did you kind of get this kind of different dynamic view in, on, on sales and business development.
0: Gosh, okay, I have to be really honest about the fact that I think my background had a lot to do with this. I'm someone that uh, grew up in poverty. I was raised in New York City during the 80s and 90s in the South Bronx. I grew up in public housing, went to public school. Um, And I was always very cognizant and aware of the fact that when it came down to engaging with businesses and services, the dollar amount was the same where I lived versus anywhere else in the city. But the kind of service that you received was really dictated by these bigger sort of racial and economic structures that influence that. And so when I think about you know, the opportunity to engage in business virtually or doing business online, we have now a set of tools that can allow us and enable us to create really standardized experiences for anyone regardless of where they're sitting, you know, we can deliver exceptional customer service experiences. And so as someone who has been othered, as someone who's paid top dollar and gotten subpar service, I do take it very personally. It's, you know, the, in in terms of the work that I do always being infused with the real spotlight on the customer and their experience every step of the way
1: wow amazing from from the content that I've seen from you and i've I've had a look at, I've been really impressed. and my experience about working with sales, obviously it's very customer led and it's very customer facing, but it's often done from a a conversion kind of end, and most of the time, my experience with people that work in sales, they often don't know or connected with the rest of the organization. And from the mm. work that I've seen or the content that I've seen that you've done, your work and your strategy comes from layers behind. And it, it goes way beyond, beyond a brand level. Some of the work that I hear you talk about is very, even at the product-led stage and the product design stage, and then looking at the category and the value of the of the solution to the customer, and that approach is so refreshing, and it's so great that you're you're looking at sales at that point. And I think that leads you to the work that you do. So, tell me about some of the the, the product design and the product led approach of the way that you work with your clients.
0: Yeah, in in my sort of consultancy hat, you know, again, I wear several hats, but in my consultancy hat, I'm looking at, um, you know, the sort of uh, experience that uh, business leaders have had, even until the moment that they connect with me. One of the things that I'm really cogniz- of, cognizant of is that when we think about sales, we don't often have a hero that comes to mind. You know, we have like marketing champions that come to mind. We've seen stories and heard narratives of like someone with a really good story and, you know, repositioning. There's the Erin Brockovich story. We've heard, you know, the champion, you know, on the legal side, right? But we've never heard of a champion on the sales side. Um, And we often personify a salesperson as someone who is very sleazy, someone who is really interested in, you know, uh, getting a quick dollar, cornering you into buying something you don't want or need for yourself. So oftentimes when I connect with business leaders and I ask them, what's the first thing that comes to mind of the first person that comes to mind when it comes to sales, you know, uh, vehicle you know, dealerships, you know, and thinking about that experience, right. It's not a very transparent one. Um, and there's just like a lot of, you know, sort of like a uh, haggling that needs to happen and, and sleaziness. And so, you know, first things first is like, I, I really have to walk someone through like, This is what it means to be a business leader. And this is what it means to show up for the customer is your goal is not to corner them into doing something they don't want to do or buying something they don't need to buy. Your job is to make sure that you're all the way aligned with helping them arrive at a decision for themselves about what's going to be best. And relative to what's best, before we even get into a conversation of sales or selling, you have to have something to sell, right? And it needs to be best in class at what it is that you do. And so you asked me about sort of my product-led approach. You know, I'm someone who's very feverish on on the, the experience that someone has with a product in their hands or in an experience that they're going through, like a group learning experience or an online, you know, sort of event or something like that. Um, making sure that it's very carefully designed around making, uh, making people feel included. You know, inclusion and belonging is very important. And making sure that when people step into your realm, you know, in your business, it should feel like home. It, they should feel welcome. They should understand the ways that you support them and the way that you design your product and your services needs to be that sort of human-centered. And I argue that even if you're engaging in business-to-business sales, right, selling software or something, you know, really highly technical, I still want to encourage you to consider that the people that you engage with in the process of selling and and advocating for what it is that you're you're promoting, they're humans, right? So if you can connect with the human behind the business title, um, and you can really get to the core of what they need and and how this needs to look and flow in the experience, then you've succeeded. You know, you've you've uh, you've succeeded at. Um, you know, going above and beyond the top tier of businesses, um, because most people fall into becoming a commodity, because they fall into a price war by offering something that's already in market. But when you take that moment to design a product and up level it, you know, for the the customer understanding, yeah, they've got all these other options, but let's move in this direction, let's offer you something no one else is offering you, Um, then you're not you're 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 in a different position to influence the conversation
1: yeah that's amazing it's incredible when you can position the business around the customer's solution and then position yourself in terms of the conversation so well and then pad that with great relationship building and good conversation then mm. You don't need to do the hard sell. You don't need to, like you said, no. do the sleazy stuff because no. you're true to what you're selling and why you're selling it and why should that customer care? There's um, a part of um, like reading the work that you do. You talk a lot about, and in your position, about sales enablement. And I'd like mm. to know more about that because I, I really like that. Rather than sales advisor or sales director, sales <laughs> enablement. Tell me more about that role and what that is.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think of sales enablement as being this really beautiful intersection within a business um, at the intersection of sales operations, marketing and product. And sales enablement is all about aligning the contributions and amplifying the contributions across all these departments for the sake of accelerating the velocity of sales, meaning we're all working in tandem to introduce programs, content, and things that make it very easy for the customer to connect with us and immediately understand how it is that we can help them drive results or achieve whatever it is that they're looking for themselves. Um, And so sales enablement at its core is about focusing on the customer, really, you know, being feverishly obsessed with making sure they have everything that they need to make a good decision. And then enabling salespeople to be coaches in the process of that customer arriving at a decision for themselves. Right. So I really teach to step away from selling because selling is a matter of pushing. Right? Whereas coaching is a matter of walking in in tandem with the customer, acknowledging where they are, owning that there are other competitors and other solutions and other things going on, empathizing with the confusion that they're experiencing as they're vetting all these options for themselves, and then helping them become the hero of their, community organization business or whomever they're answering to by you know aligning yourself with them and helping them make a quick decision or smart decision or decided decision <laughs> about what to do next for themselves
1: that's absolutely incredible I've been reading about this for such a long time and I love the fact that how you talk about sales isn't just a department or a silo or a group. It's It sales works throughout the company. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got different frontline staff. You've got people that work in finance, HR, senior leadership. They've all got a part to play in this. And it's the same with me. In from a brand level, I've always say that brand is the playground that we all play in. And it's not. It's not a communications thing. It's not just a marketing thing. The way Mm -hmm. that we build our brand from the inside out, and how we project our brand, and their how we build a territory in their hearts and minds has to be done by the whole company and I love mm-hmm. it how like you the way they talk about sales does exactly the same thing I, I recently yeah. read a book um, by Marcus Sheridan they ask you answer and mm-hmm. he talks about that. say when they when they create content for the company everyone has a part to play in that because everyone understands the product the service the system the process in a slightly different and unique way and also yeah. everyone, it has engages with the customer. So everyone has a part to play in the projection of content, the creation of content. So, and, and that's quite interesting. Now that organizations like the ones that you work with and the ones that you, that you've worked in sales or within the ones that you've worked as a, you know, as a, a strategist, the departments and um, sections within a business are changing and they're morphing. Mm-hmm. So I suppose this is a kind of question out of the blue here, but how how is business changing now? How are sales and marketing departments changing going forward?
0: yeah wow that's an amazing question thank you for asking it there are a couple of things that i'm seeing in in terms of trends so on the b2b sales side right as i'm thinking about connecting with business decision makers and medium-sized business to bigger businesses fortune 500 organizations etc um right now you know we've been talking about the great resignation here in the states and i'm sure that's also a global conversation what I'm seeing as far as the way that we need to sell is that we do need to be very responsive and proactive and compassionate. We're dealing with people who are still facing a lot of uncertainty when you're connecting with them because what's going on in the back end is, yes, there are people resigning. There are people who have loaded sort of work you know, uh, uh, dockets Um, things are completely shifting. And so when you're connecting with people, you need to be more empathetic. You need to be a little less preoccupied about the clothes and a little more concerned with how can you step in and alleviate the friction from this person, you know, arriving at a decision, right? They're connecting with you because they've got this problem organizationally that your service or your product could solve. How do you minimize the steps to implementation? How do you do the heavy lifting for them? How do you help them socialize this internally without them having to go off and create new collateral and decks and things to, to advocate for this internally, right? put these tools in their hands, approach your sales with that level of like empathy and compassion, be their champion that way. And you'll be the first person that's top of mind when an investment, when they're ready to make an investment when the budget is confirmed, right? But we also have to acknowledge, yes, the business decision maker, like, they they they're shifting right about i've read a statistic recently it was on linkedin and i it was quoting something else i wish i could quote the source a little more accurately now but it was something to the tune of like 30% of people at the director level or higher so business decision makers were sitting on these budgets they're actively pursuing new opportunities so the people that you're engaging with who would be the ones to take a deal with you over the finish line they've got one one leg one foot out the door already Right, so you've got to know how to move quickly and empathetically in terms of selling. And so how do we do that? I just mentioned you know, a couple of tips there, right? Making sure that you're doing all the heavy lifting on all that internal education, offering to do the heavy lifting on the implementation, aligning your teams on the back end to make sure that you have all the support to help get a deal over the finish line. Uh, but then even thinking about the way that you're showing up. Gosh, these people are so stressed out. Can you drop the tech and the marketing and the sales jargon and just keep your language simple and human? You're stuck on this, I've got that, click here, do this, click here, You know. let me know if you've got questions, right? Take it a step further. Can you move the conversation away from email? Email is such a time suck. Could you introduce personalized video as a way of engaging asynchronously And and also putting yourself in a better position to gain greater intelligence, right? If that person records a video or audio response to your message, you're gonna get more intelligence about what's happening in the business and in the life cycle of the sales than just a plain email. And you'll accelerate the way that people move through the decision-making process. Because I could sit here and write a 15 minute email or I can deliver the message in less than two minutes, pour my heart out on camera And you'll feel more connected to the work that we're doing together than you might feel with another collaborator or vendor that you're vetting, right? And so we have to show up in more human ways, even if it is a business-to-business sale. I'm going to stop because I feel like I've just thrown a lot at you. No, it's great. No,
1: it's great. And yeah, there is a bit to unpack there, actually. And I'm going to unpack a few different bits there. So one of the things that I think is really interesting there is we're talking about B2B sales. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the the line of work that I'm in from a brand point of view. Most of the work I do is in B2B. And I totally agree where you're coming from about, you know, you can build, start building a relationship with someone. But before you know it, they've moved on, they've moved apartments, they've left, they've gone somewhere else. And then the process starts again so one of the things that we're always looking at is understanding the the chain the chain left and right up and down who else is in the chain who else can we be dealing with who who are the other people the decision makers but the other thing that you were saying about that you know email is such a drain and that video can cut quickly there's a big thing in there about speed And not obviously rushing the sale, but trying to engage and get in there quick enough so that you can you can say your piece and you can get in there and you can so they can understand how the the value of your product. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I totally get where you're coming from in terms of in terms of connecting with the right people and and, and selling to the right people before they if they do move on or go somewhere else and the speed of the way in the way that you do it. The other thing I'd like to jump in there at this point is the role of storytelling in this process. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. talked about personalized video. Tell me about talking to me about storytelling and how we can tell the right story in the right way on the right platform to engage and hopefully work towards the sale. Yeah, I
0: think that we want to think about the ways that people... Uh, absorb information and thinking about the best and most engaging and compelling ways to present information, I could sit here and give you bullet points. Okay, so we're going to talk about this and then next that and then the next process and the implementation is this and then click here and then great. I've given you the information that you need to be successful, right? I've given you the bullet point rundown, but it's different when I step into the conversation, I say, hey, you know, you remind me of a client that I recently collaborated with. They arrived at the conversation with the exact same problem. They were stuck on X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, they they had really, you know, they, you have much cooler hair than they do, uh, but you remind me of them because I just, I feel that same frustration. So let me just share with you how we were able to get them unstuck and and how long it took us to get them results so that you can get a sense of how it is that we collaborate with people in figuring out this problem. So the, client was stuck on x y and z and the first thing that we did was run a diagnostic and then after that we put together the game plan the game plan included four pillars and it required eight weeks of implementation and after those eight weeks we were able to completely transform the way that this person was able to engage with their team be productive drive revenue etc right that is going to activate more neurons in someone's brain when they're listening to you because they're not just retaining information, they're visualizing the process. They're seeing themselves in the shoes of the person that you're describing because you told them that there's a kinship there because they came at you with the same problem, right? And they're listening attentively to like, okay, so this is how soon, I'll feel relief. And this is how well I'll be supported. And this is how long it takes for this to get done, right? And that's gonna strike more confidence than presenting a bullet point. It's also a step that most people aren't willing to take because people are so pressed for like rushing through sales that they don't take that moment to really connect with the customer, right? And I am someone who's very keen on the fact that I don't need a million customers. I need 100 of the best people in line to see all the success that all of us deserve. And that's the important thing, too, is, is, is really I know that there's a lot of pressure, particularly in, in like, you know, B2B sales organizations to hit metrics around performance, engagement, you know, outbound activities, etc. But we, we can't get sucked into that and compromise the quality of the conversations we're having.
1: Yeah, Liz, you, you have this ability to really take off the hard edges of sales, you know, like if you, <laughs> at, at the raw of it, you know, you've got someone who's trying to convince the other person or guide this other person to buy the other thing, but you you're able to soften this with good conversation with logical mature conversation and this ability to try and build rapport and i think i feel like that's 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 kind of like your your usp in in the way is that you can find a way to build rapport with anyone i get the impression Would, would i be wrong in saying that
0: you are absolutely right and i think that you know if we can keep it all the way real one of the challenges that i've been up against in my career is i am an out gay man i am latinx and urban and first generation i've been in sales cultures where i've been made to feel othered or i've been done a favor for having a seat at the table right so that's the environment i'm having to work in but then on the other side of that i'm engaging with customers that uh, the minute, you know, they can't pronounce my name, they're dismissing all of my expertise, knowledge and experience or anything that I could possibly provide for them. And so I've had to find ways of existing in this hyper-masculine, hyper-capitalistic and sharky sort of sales environment and experience, bring my whole self to the work that I do and find ways of connecting with people and being persuasive that weren't aggressive. Because by being different, by having a different approach and by in in spite of everything I was going through was still maintaining the spotlight on the customer, I've been able to have an impact of over half a billion dollars in my career, right? It's it's something that I'm really excited to, to, to say that I've accomplished, but I also wonder what I could have accomplished in a world where I had people really invested in my success. And when I connected with customers that were truly uh, focused on innovation and progress, right? How much more successful and impactful could I have been? Um, and so that's a lot of what's driving my work now is, yeah, let's let's look at just being heroes in business, not salespeople, not sharky people, let's let's redefine what it means to be in sales we we are coaches we are consultants and and we're here to to be in your corner
1: yeah amazing do you think being puerto rican and from being from new york and everything culturally that you're invested in does that help with your sales you because you, like I, I get the feel i don't really i don't think i've ever met anyone from puerto rico but from the, the feeling <laughs> i get is that you're very sociable colorful outgoing people does that play a role in in the way that you are in work
0: I would definitely say I think when we talk about like business and success, we often focus on you know IQ, intelli- you know your intelligence and EQ, emotional intelligence. We need to also have an honest conversation about cultural intelligence and our capacity to connect with people that are different than us and find a level ground as human to human. Um, and certainly, having you know, been born on the island, raised in New York City, growing up in these sort of in this bicultural uh, experience, definitely, and also on top of that, being an out gay man, put me in a position to really understand pain and struggle and frustration. No matter where you're coming from or what problem it is that you're trying to solve. Um, and I don't think that you need to go through the lived experiences that I've gone through to develop cultural intelligence. I think that you have to really commit to a uh, professional ethic about, you know, just learning from people, right? Like really asking questions and being curious and owning whatever sort of privilege or, or other things that you might be bringing to the table right the more transparent you can be about your intentions the more that you'll connect with people and find ways of finding common ground even if you have vastly different lived
1: experiences yeah I love it and could do you think that that those skills those emotional and cultural skills um, can they be taught or do you think they're from their embedded early day you know like from since you're a child or but can they be taught can you can you teach people to be more outgoing more socially culturally intelligent
0: absolutely absolutely and it's a matter of committing yourself to doing the work i don't want to hear and especially now after the pandemic where we've all learned to do business online and build community online and engage with each other online we can no longer use the excuse of like, oh, well, I live in this sort of neighborhood and it's pretty homogenous and, you know, it's really difficult for me to connect with people that are different than, me. no, it isn't. You can sit in your living room and connect with people across the country, you know, or across the state or even across the other side of the tracks in your own neighborhood, right? I think that what we need to do is really take accountability and, and really own that this work is on us to do. to to develop our capacity to connect with people. Um, And there are so many opportunities now that didn't exist even 15 years ago to learn and to listen and and to watch and connect um, that really I I can't accept any excuses anymore, right? Um, So, yes, it can be learned. And, yes, we'll be patient and loving with you through the process. But you've
1: got to commit to the work. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Okay, so i've just got another question actually that i'm gonna i've just mm-hmm. it's come to my, my mind now when i'm working so when i work with my clients i work from a brand point of view normally from a brand strategy yeah. point of view so it's launching a new product a merge uh, a new campaign or it's uh, you know they, they just want to go for a completely new identity new launching new products whatever it is now often sales Is always part of that dialogue. It's always part of it, and one of the Mm. things that comes up quite regularly is the kind of the confusion and the argument and the discussion around inbound, outbound. Okay, Mm. so most of the clients I work with are either fully inbound or they're fully outbound. So they're either pressing, pressing, flesh, ringing people up, drilling the get on the phone, emailing or they're making loads of content you know they're doing other types of own media and they've got really good automations and they're doing things and, and both organizations will swear by either or but i never i never really come across many businesses that are able to find the dance between the two to be able to find the fusion between multiple levels multiple streams of inbound outbound outbound marketing so there isn't really a question there that you could answer straight away, but is there a is there a a mix like a, a good recipe for organisations to do to to generate healthy amounts of leads? I think if I that's probably a million dollar question there, isn't it? But <laughs> I don't know how you could answer that. But like, how how do organisations find the right balance between inbound and outbound?
0: Wow. I think that when we look at like what is the sort of effort required for inbound versus outbound, you're internally requiring very different skill sets for getting these engines going and keeping them running. And then externally, as far as the customer goes, they're coming at you from very different sort of psychographic points, meaning, you know, someone who is on the inbound has had exposure to what it is that you do or what it is that you're about or the results you drive. They're a little bit more informed, and so we don't need to start from scratch in terms of the how, where we start the conversation. Instead, we lead the conversation with what brought you here today. Like, what is it about What you know, whatever you learned about us that compelled you to pick up the phone and take this call or to join us here today and take this meeting? So you have to really start with that bit of exploration right? Then you have to uh, start the conversation with curiosity. And that's why I say that there's a specific specific skill set internally that's required around that on the sales front, but as well as the marketing front, right? The way that you create the, the goal of like um, inbound, right? Even through uh, efforts like content marketing, it's all about inception. It's, you know, you're introducing something that wasn't in someone's mind until they connected with your brand or with your content. And then you're inspiring the next steps beyond that. And then on our end, on the sales end, we're receiving people again with that curiosity about how they arrive there. Outbound is a very different function, right? Outbound assumes that the customer has never engaged with any inbound effort, meaning they never saw an ad, they never attended a webinar, they don't know who you are or what you're about. And so the conversation starts at a very different place. You have to be very strategic in your approach. When you do reach out to someone to introduce yourself or introduce the company or what it is that you do, you have to first take into account the context of where that person is. So let's say I'm calling on... Uh, a mid-sized business and I'm selling a marketing technology solution, right? The way that I speak to a marketing director is going to be very different than the way that I introduce myself to a marketing manager. They have very different priorities. They're all part of the same organization and the organization is all tied to the same goal. But you know they're they're all describing sort of different parts of the elephant when you talk to them. You'll talk to the marketing manager and they're describing the trunk and it's long and it's leathery and the tip of it is kind of soft and furry. And then you know the other you know the marketing director is like rubbing on the elephant belly and it's leathery and it's you know it's it's you know. But they're they're all again part of the same team. However, the way that you introduce yourself or you introduce. You know, what is it you offer has to be aligned with where they are in terms of their function and their frustration. And so on the marketing end and sales enablement end, this is where we partner on creating the content to help the sales rep or sales development rep get get in front of that customer in thoughtful ways with relevant information.
1: Wow. I love it. You definitely work in sales because you were able to answer that fluffy question so eloquently. It was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> it was so good. I, I, when I asked it, I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe I just asked. I, I've just asked him the million dollar question to basically <laughs> summarize how to do sales in one answer. And you did it beautifully. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay.
0: I tried to be. I hope I wasn't too verbose. But you, you understand now. It's, just, it's different approaches, different skill sets, different psychographics
1: yeah amazing and the analogy of the elephant was perfect for me i just totally understand it yeah i just totally (laughs) got that i'm going to use that now are they a trunk are they the belly we need to figure it out (laughs) okay i've got some quick fire questions for you sure um they're never quick uh they normally give the longest (laughs) answers uh, but they give the best answers so they're kind of fire questions Okay. okay I, I, I asked this question to everyone and I, on my Facebook lives, I've been asking it and it, it, it's a great question, but what's the most important thing that you've learned in the past 18 months?
0: Progress over perfection. And like really, truly, deeply getting it. It's something that I'd heard in my career in the past and and i always like considered it in the lens of business but i now understand progress over perfection in my personal life as far as me growing and developing as a person not only for the sake of business
1: yeah i understand my my other half always says is is the line going up and and the line mm. isn't always about money is the line going mm-hmm. up spiritually mentally mm-hmm. emotionally you know are we better than we were yesterday you might have wobbled sideways slightly but i'm totally into progress and the, the the saying that always comes up is you're trusting the process i know everyone says it but if you if you know where you're going and you're going in the right direction and you're improving incrementally each day you're getting a little bit better you're getting a little bit wiser you're getting a bit emotionally healthier than progress all the way totally yeah
0: a thousand
1: percent i love that okay second one um your greatest mentor
0: my mom um, I, and, you know, for context, my mother is someone that grew up very differently than me. She grew up in the countryside and in the Caribbean back in Puerto Rico. She uh, grew up you know, on the land using her hands. Right, And my mom did not have the opportunity to pursue an education the way that I did. Um, she did everything in her power to make sure that I could. And that's how we ended up in New York City. And, you know, the rest has been history from there. But I would say that, you know, she's my Buddha. I do all my learning from her because my mother doesn't have formal education, but life has taught her so much. And she is just this, like, all-knowing ball of wisdom. And you would never know it because that's not what she wants you to know her for. But if you sit down and have a conversation with her, mind blown. (laughs)
1: every time I speak to really interesting driven people like yourself when I ask that question pretty much ninety nine percent of them say their mothers Although that's not their <laughs> fathers as well their parents but it's it's they you know parents have so much a part to play in the growth and the and the direction that you go in uh, not yeah. not for everyone not not everyone has is blessed in that way but um the fact that she's oozes knowledge is a fountain of knowledge and she passes that on to yeah. you which has made you more wiseful and mindful and in, in, in your path um I, i'd probably say the same about my mum um yeah. you know she she's um she had it hard come from a a big family she was one of eight uh, and she started off as a hairdresser um and then she um we went she went back to uh university or college and university bringing up two small children and ended wow. up finishing a career working for the quite high high up in the government uh, and started wow. up as a hairdresser and it was just it's just an amazing story but um you know if i could be half as, as successful as her i'd be really happy
0: oh my gosh i feel like i need to call my mom right after this interview <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: amazing uh, right okay um the last one actually So I often talk from a brand, someone who deals in brand, I I talk a lot about purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, in, In brand strategy, I talk about an eco, a brand ecosystem, and right in the middle of it is purpose. And for me, my definition of purpose is a bit different from other people. My definition of purpose is your highest level of contribution. So I'd like to ask you, what do you feel is your highest level of contribution teaching
0: and and i know that at my core right because i i don't think that it's by coincidence that i've had the experiences that i've had or that i'm able to command people's attention the way that i'm able to when i do tell when i do share the stories about the experiences that i've had um and when i think about not only is it my highest contribution but it's when i experience the highest amount of joy right like it like sharing and teaching and helping someone arrive at that light bulb moment is, is the happiest, the happiest that I feel, you know, more than any sort of like, you know, physical pleasure taste, or anything like that, right? Teaching and seeing students and other people that I collaborate with go on to do amazing things. That brings me the greatest amount of joy.
1: It's beautiful. That does. And that's why I love the search for purpose, the search for meaning, because when you find it and if you are privileged enough to find that, then it doesn't matter if you move left, you move right up or down. You know, when you have that North Star, when it's there and you know what gets you up in the morning and if you have a, a low day or a shit day, you know that that's what I'm working towards and it can pick you back up and that's why purpose is so important and and and, and sometimes people maybe leadership might see it as, as being fluffy but when you get it and you can connect with it and you find it everything else just makes sense
0: yes a thousand percent and I think that when I because again I'm first generation and so I have had I've gone down the checklist of like, oh, do I want to be a doctor or a lawyer? Oh, hey, I'm in business. Okay, great. You know, and even then, like, you know, what what, uh, what, do I do now? I was on this whole road to becoming chief revenue officer and trying to grow in my sales career. Um, it wasn't until I embraced that I enjoyed this and I pivoted towards doing the work that I do. It wasn't until then that I actually saw success, right? On paper, it's like, yes, you can look at all the logos of all the companies I've worked at, et cetera. But the, the moment I started to really love what I do and wake up with the real sense of urgency to show up and take good care of myself so I can continue to show up was when I leaned into and pivoted towards teaching and training and sales enablement.
1: Amazing cool i've still got two and a half pages of, of questions and i'm nowhere going to get through it but i'm mindful of your time but i'd like to actually end this conversation on the on the tagline of this show so the tagline of this show is enlightened brand strategy so just to explain that enlightened is the search and the and for the path for positive change A brand for me is an identity within a perceived space. Normally that space is the category. So it's an identity that we perceive where that brand sits in. And the strategy is a game plan. So it's a game plan to build an identity for positive change and growth. And when you can fill that space beautifully and you can fill that category, I believe you can build a community that drives Mm -hmm. positive change and growth. So let me flip this towards sales. Mm. And more so what's happened over the last two years with the pandemic and you know we we can be honest with each other and things have changed people have changed yes. and people are changing. Are you seeing now within sales when people are selling products or services whether it be to c or b2b is social, political and environmental issues playing a part now in the way that we choose how we buy off people and the way that we can sell to people? How much is this playing its role now within the world of sales?
0: Oh, It's really critical, right? I think now more than ever, we need to be mindful of not only the experience that the customer is having, but how connected they feel to our why as a business. And so after everything that the human species has been through through, over the last two years, relative to how we engage with customers, we need to honor the fact that now more than ever, they need to feel seen, heard and understood before you could ever introduce the concept of a transaction. Right? So it is really critical to build quality relationships and engagements for really the, the, the longer term growth of the business. But then you also have to think about like, what does your business stand for? Right? And yes, you can make money any which way in this world, but Why did you choose to do this kind of work and who are you choosing to do work with or what are the core values of your business or what are your contributions to the communities that you serve beyond the transaction? And the more you can transparently share the work that you're doing or the work that you intend on doing, right? I think that it's also fair enough to acknowledge that you're not actively doing the work, but actively moving in that direction, right? That acknowledgement and that recognition is is critical. And we are done as consumers with the BS, with the false sense of urgency, with the lack of human connection. We're tired of the chat bots and our inquiries falling into the nethers and never being responded to. And, you know, we just wanna to get to a human and ask a question and get an answer, right? And so, The more aligned we are with what they need, the more success we'll see, especially with the unforeseen changes that are going to happen, right? We never expected to be in this position and no one said it's over. So we we have to think about approaching the way that we do things with a more human-centered touch.
1: Oh, Lewis, I wish you could speak to my telephone company or my bank. They, you, they could <laughs> learn a lot from you. If I have to sit, listen to another blimmin' what are they called? The the call music, or I have to chat to another <laughs> chatbot, which aren't even chatbots; they're just automated replies. I'm just right. sick of it. You know, I'm just, yeah. I'm just so sick of that world. And you've got that kind of sloppy, non-human connection, and then. the the, just the constant pitching of like email pitching that not even Mm -hmm. don't even look at what I do try and sell me the services that I already do in my agency you know there's there's a lot of really poor sloppy shit sales out there and I think there's so many companies that can learn from your teachings from your approach your manner the your the way that you understand human connection you know we've got you know you you, you've you've come a long way but the industry and the and business has has got we've gone backwards to the stone age and yes it needs to change
0: yes we've got to get back to those real core skills and competencies around making human connection you know sons tech it really we've got to get back to that that kind of uh, place um, and I really do see you know that's that's sort of the timeless skill set is is that ability to make human to human connections
1: 100 so Lewis, any anyone that's listening to this um, where would you like to send them to find out more about you and your teachings and on all the great work that you do
0: Well, I appreciate that. You can head on over to luisbaez.com to find out the latest and greatest on my end. Um, I've got a couple of projects that are slated and running now and I'd be happy to connect with you
1: and and include you for the ride. Amazing. Luis, thank you so much for your time. You're an absolute inspiration. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Have an amazing day. You too, my friend. I hope you enjoyed that. As you can see, Louise is a very special, unique, amazing person. He's made me feel totally different about sales. And if you are interested in sales and marketing, I do recommend that you connect with him and follow him. His content is absolutely brilliant. And you can see that he's he's changing the path of sales. He's changing the way that we think about sales and how we deliver sales. I'll put all these details in the show notes and in the bio and the comments of the video platform that you're watching this on. But as always, be useful, be kind, and I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.